Today, uh, we're going to talk about how to change things. How to change things. And if you get a hold of what we're going to talk about today, it will change your life, your body, your bank account, and anything else that needs to be changed. And the, we're going to look at three scriptures today. Let's turn to Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. The Amplified uh, translation of this verse says, Who gives life to the dead, and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised, as if they already existed. Now let's turn over to 1 Corinthians 1. Just a few pages. 1 Corinthians 1, 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Now notice, it says God has chosen it to be this way. Three times in two verses. It says God has chosen things which are not seen, to bring to naught or to bring to nothing things that are seen. God, God has ordained that it be this way. This is not something that man originated three times. God hath chosen. God hath chosen. God hath chosen. This is the way God operates. He originated this principle. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now, I'm going to read uh, that scripture from the message, paraphrase, and it says, Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making life new, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes, Compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. And that's talking about in the here and now. Amen? This is, we're not putting off the good times till we get to heaven. Amen? 
We can have good times here. Uh, and we're, we're ex expecting good times here. Amen? Deuteronomy chapter 11 talks about days of heaven on earth. And that's what we're talking about. That's what this is talking about. The message uh, continued says, There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Now that's good news. Amen. What we can see right now, these temporary circumstances are here today and gone tomorrow. Amen. But the Word of God is, it is never going to change. Amen. Hallelujah. It is final authority and it's not going to change. Now we see three principles in these three verses of Scripture. Number one, God calls things that are not seen as though they already existed. Number two, God has chosen to use things that are not seen to bring to nothing things that are seen. Number three, things which you can see are temporary and subject to change. Things you cannot see are eternal and they are not subject to change. These three principles are key to understanding God's way of changing things. Everything we talk about today concerning how to change things is going to revolve around these three scriptures. Putting faith into motion, releasing your faith by these principles in order to change things you don't desire, and replace them with the promises of God. Now that's what we're after. Amen? That's, that's what everybody's really after. They just don't know how to do it. That, so uh, so we're, we're teaching them. Amen? And there are people listening today by the internet. And, uh, you know, they, they're joining in and they're, they're going to learn as well. They're going to increase their understanding about how the laws of the Spirit work. So right now I'm going to just make some general remarks about the laws of the Spirit realm. You have to have a basic understanding of the laws of the Spirit because that's the basis of the operation of faith. Uh, you, you don't... You know, you don't have to know how they work. Just kind of like you don't have to know how an airplane takes off to, to get on one and go somewhere. But the more understanding you have about how it works, uh, you know, the, the easier it is. Uh, and especially when it comes to walking by faith because we're dealing with things that are not seen. Amen? And we... Uh, we have to develop the eye of faith and be able to look at the things that are not seen uh, because that's what our faith is established on. So we've got to develop this eye of faith. And the more you understand about the laws of the Spirit, these things begin to come together. Now, in the universe, there are two realms 
or levels of existence. The spiritual realm, which you cannot see, and the physical realm, which you can see. Now Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now in plain English, that says the spiritual realm, which you cannot see, gave birth to and produced the physical realm, which you can see. So something that you cannot see produced things that you can see. Now, Brother Copeland explains it like this, and I, I, can, I can see, I, I can understand a bit about this because I, I've, I have a science background and I've studied physics. Uh, and he says, the reason we cannot see into the spirit realm with these eyes, the reason we can't see things in the spirit realm, and, and just because we don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. But we can't see them with these eyes because that realm is moving faster than the speed of light. And that's why we cannot see it with these eyes. Everything that we can see with our eyes here on this earth is below the, the, that uh, speed of light. That's why we can see it. It's moving slower than the speed of light. That's why we can see what we can see on this physical earth with these eyes and everything in the spirit realm is moving faster than the speed of light. 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light. So, uh, so just because we can't see into that realm with these eyes doesn't mean it's not there. Now, um, uh, sometimes people do see into that realm. You know, uh, uh, sometimes God will open up somebody's spiritual eyes and they can see an angel, they can see a demon, they can, uh, we see in the Bible, you know, where, it, what was it, Elijah or Elisha and his servant, and they were surrounded by the army on the, on the hills, you know, and God, and, and the servant said, boy, are we outnumbered, you know, and the prophet said, God opened his eyes that he can see, and the whole place was surrounded by angels. So that, that is called the discerning of spirits. And that's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But that's the only time that we can see into that spirit realm is as the Lord wills and he opens. He, he opens your spiritual eyes so that you can actually see into that spirit realm. Uh, so that, you know, it, it does happen. But but it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it's not something, you know, that that's, um, happens on a regular basis. Now, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, faith is a substance. You can't see it, but it's a substance. It's an unseen spiritual substance that created everything 
that you can see in this physical realm. That's what Hebrews 11.3 said. The spiritual realm which you cannot see produced the physical realm which you can see. Faith was the substance that God used. Now everything in the five physical sense realm, what you can see, hear, taste, touch, smell, was produced by faith. And to be specific, it was produced by God's faith. God has created spiritual laws that govern and control the spiritual realm. He has created physical laws that govern and control the physical realm. Uh, electricity, motion, uh, you know, waves, sound waves. Uh, these, are, these are all laws that operate in the physical realm. Laws of thermodynamics. Because the spiritual laws created and produced the physical realm, they can also override the laws of the physical realm. So they not only govern the spiritual realm, but they can also govern the physical realm because it's a higher, more powerful law. Now, one of the, the physical laws that we're all familiar with is gravity. The law of gravity, that's a physical law. It, it's, you know, it, it exerts pressure down on us so that you know, we're, we're, we're standing here. We're not floating around in this room. It, it's a it's an, uh, force, physical force, that exerts pressure on us and holds us down to the earth. It's constant, and it's unchangeable, and it's fixed. That's why it's a law. Now, somebody can say, I don't believe in gravity, but it doesn't change anything, does it? You know, it's still the law, even if they don't believe it. And, it and, and every person on this planet is subject to it. It cannot be changed. But even though the law of gravity is a law and it can't be changed, it can be overrided by a higher law. So, you know, some people say, well, I don't believe in that faith stuff. Well, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't change God. It doesn't change how he operates. People make the decision to put faith to work for them or the law of sin and death to work against them, but they cannot change the laws. Those are the two laws, spiritual laws, that are operating simultaneously in the earth right now. The law of sin and death and the law of life. They're both operating simultaneously and the master law of the spirit realm is the law of faith romans 3 27 the law of faith is the master law of the spiritual unseen realm and because it's a higher law and because the spirit realm produced the physical realm it can override the the uh, law of sin and death and the physical laws that uh, are operating on the earth. Just like the law of lift can override the law of gravity and, and enable an airplane to take off the ground. 
The law of life can override the law of sin and death when it's put into motion. The law of sin and death was put into motion when Adam disobeyed God and bowed his knee to Satan. The whole world is operating under that spiritual law of sin and death, and they don't even know it. The law of life, the law of faith, does not operate automatically. Uh, we, we have to put it into motion. It has to be put into motion just like uh, the law of lift is not automatic. It has to be put into motion. The law of gravity is automatic. Everybody is under that force, that law. Uh, but you go get in an airplane, you're sitting there on the ground, you're held down by the force of gravity. But you can put into motion another law. And if you get that airplane going down the runway at a fast enough speed, at a long enough distance, if that runway's long enough, that airplane is going to take off the ground because of the air currents and the angles of the wings are designed. And Charles Couch used to could, uh, explain it all this precisely. I didn't understand it, but he could understand the, the motion of the, the wind traveling over the wing, the motion of the wind traveling under the wing, and it creates uh, a lifting effect on that airplane when the, when the speed is fast enough and it has gone far enough down that runway at that speed, the, the wind current causes that airplane to lift off the ground. Gravity was still working. Gravity didn't go away. It was still here. Somebody just put in a higher law that enabled that airplane to take off. And the law of sin and death may be here in this earth, but we don't have to be subject to it. Amen? We can put into motion the law of faith, and we can override and supersede the law of sin and death in our lives. Amen? And we can change things. Hallelujah? Amen. Now, the way you put the law of faith into motion is by putting the promises of God in your heart by speaking them out of your mouth. Uh, turn back there to Romans uh, 10. You're not far there. Romans 10. Verse 8. Says. Well verse 6 says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Notice, faith speaketh. The righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. What does it say? Verse 8. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. The word is nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart. There is faith in God's word. I mean literally on the inside of these words is the faith of God. He put it in there. And the way you get the faith of God in your heart is to put his word in your mouth 
and let it get down in your heart by speaking it out loud. When you speak to your circumstances with a heart full of faith, it will override and change the law of sin and death. When you put that law of faith into motion, it will override the law of sin and death and it will change it in your body. It will change it in your bank account. It will change, change whatever circumstances uh, you're facing in, in life. It will change them just like that law of lift will override the law of gravity. God's word, which is eternal and not seen, when released out of your mouth and spirit, will change or bring to nothing the circumstances that you can see in the physical realm. Now, let's turn back to Genesis 1. That's about as far back in the beginning as but sometime we might we might talk about it's just an interesting subject, but sometime we might talk about uh, the world that was um, not everybody believes in it, and you don't have to believe in it, you know to go to heaven but most or some Bible scholars believe that there was a pre-Adamic race of people on the earth and that there, there was a, a, a you know, life, life here before Adam. Uh, and we might talk about that sometime. It's interesting, but we get a little bit of insight here in Genesis 1. Uh, now, this is going to show us how God put faith into motion. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, or the dry land. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, Bible scholars believe that between verse 1 and verse 2, there was a period of time which could be millions of years. So this is actually a recreation of the earth. Uh, but we're going to look at how God put his faith into motion to recreate the earth. Because it says it was without form and void. We know from the word of God in Isaiah uh, it says God cannot, does not create anything that is form and void. God does not create anything like that. This, uh, it says the earth was without form and void. In the Hebrew, it's tohu vabohu, which means uh, waste, chaotic, and emptiness. God did not create earth in that state. And, and Bible scholars believe that it was in that condition as a result of the fall of Satan. Uh, and so that, that's another sermon, but it, it's very interesting. But here we're seeing how God is, is recreating the earth again. Verse uh, uh, 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. 
Verse 6, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the, the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called the seas, and God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was good. Do you see the process here? Do you see God's method of operation? God released his faith in his words. We just read 11 verses nine times in those 11 verses. It says, and God said, and God saw, and God said, and God saw, and God said, and God saw the dry land. God said it, and it was so. Unseen spiritual forces that God released into the atmosphere by speaking words went out into the physical realm and brought to nothing and changed that which existed and replaced it with God's desire. Do you see the process here? God saw, God saw what he said. Amen? And we see what we say, whether it's what we want or, what, or we don't want it. The principle is we see what we say. And the, what we got to do is we got to say what we want to see. Amen? Not say what we do see, say what we want to see. Hallelujah. Amen. And this takes, you know, this takes, we got to train ourselves to, to do this way because it's not natural. The whole world is going in a negative flow. It's all headed toward death and destruction. Nobody else is, is uh, well, they're all operating the law, but they're operating it in, in a way that it reinforces the, the law of sin and death. And they keep reinforcing the law of sin and death through the words of their mouth. They're putting the law into motion. They're just putting it into motion the opposite direction. So God is revealing two things here. You have to say it in order to see it. And you have to say it before you see it. That's two things we see here in, in Genesis 1. In order to change what you see, you're going to have to change what you say. Amen? This is what God did. He didn't wait till he had light to say, I got light. If he had waited... I mean, how would there have been light? How would God have ever made light out of darkness if he hadn't said it? Why couldn't he just wish it was light? Why can't people just wish they were healed? 
It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That. That's the way faith has to be released through words. God had to say it or he never would have seen it. We would all still be sitting in the dark. And God could still be standing there wishing it wasn't dark and wishing it was light. But it, it never would have been light until he said light first. He said light when he had darkness. He called things that, were, that are not as though they were. He used words in the unseen realm to bring to naught and change the things which were uh, seen. Darkness is what was seen. It's not what he wanted, so he had to say what he wanted. When people are sick, they got to stop saying they're sick, and they got to start saying they're healed. Amen? They can't wait till they're healed and then say they're healed. That's like God waiting for light and then saying it's light. Do you see how this, uh, this operates? You, you got to say it before you see it. And you got to say what you want, not what you have. Now let's look in Genesis 13. Genesis 13. Verse 14. We're going to look at Abram. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward, and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Now God said to Abram, I'm going to give you this land as far as you can see to you and your children. Now, when God said this to, to Abram, guess what? Abram had no children. He had no children. And God said, I'm giving it to you and your children. What's God doing? He's calling uh, things that don't exist as if they already existed. He's already, as far as God's concerned, Abram's already got children, and this land already belongs to them. Amen? You see what God's doing? He's calling things that are not as though they were. He's calling things that don't exist as if they already did. As far as God's concerned, Abram's already got children. Their children have already got children. And this land belongs to them. God did not wait until Abram had a family of children and then took them out and showed them the land and said, Okay, Children, gather around. See all this land. I'm giving this to your father, you know, your grandfather, and all of you and your descendants. I'm giving this land to you. No, he didn't wait till Abram had children and then took all the families out there. He showed one man, Abram. Abram had no children. And God said, I'm giving you this land. 
He made the promises to Abram before he had any children. God calls things that are not as though they were. God speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. That's what Romans 4.17 says in the Amplified Translation. Now, turn over a couple of pages to chapter 17. God said in verse 4, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Uh, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Again, Abram still has no children. And God says, I have already made you a father of many nations. God's saying, as far as I'm concerned, you've already got loads of children, Abram. God's calling things that are not as though they were. He's calling the non-existent things as if they already existed. In the physical realm, when God said this to Abram, he still had no children. He was not the father of anybody. He was not the father of anybody. And God says, I, a father of many nations, have I made thee. God's already calling him the father of many nations when he had no children. What's God doing? He's calling things that are not as though they were. Are you getting it? Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 107. Let's look at Psalm 107. We're not going to get through all this today, but that's okay. Psalm 107, verse 2. This is how you change things. Uh, let's, well, we'll read the first verse. That's good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. There's the word say again. Underline the word say. Every time you come across the word say or speak in the Bible, underline it. That means you're supposed to say something. What are the redeemed of the Lord supposed to say? I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> Is that what they're supposed to say? No. It looks like things are getting worse. No, that's not what it says we're supposed to say. If you continue to say that, you're going to continue to have it because you're putting into motion the wrong law. Those words are reinforcing an undesirable situation and reinforcing the law of sin and death, and you license Satan to bring it to pass. 
the redeemed of the Lord are supposed to say something. They're supposed to say, I'm redeemed from sickness. I'm redeemed from lack. It, it doesn't belong to me. I'm getting better. That's what the redeemed of the Lord are supposed to say. I'm getting better. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm saying this because the word of God says it, not because I feel like it or don't feel like it, and I'm not saying it based on somebody else's experience. I'm saying it because the word of God says it. Amen. You have to put into motion a higher law, the law of faith. You have to say what God says about your situation and not what you already have. You have to call things that are not as though they were. Now, turn back to Genesis 1 again. That's easy to get back to. Genesis 1. Well, I say it's easy to find. I think everybody else has already found it, and I'm... Now, when we... We saw here in Genesis 1, when God said, Light be, light was. It happened instantly. In this situation, there was no hindrance to God's faith. It happened instantly. Number one, God understood the principle of faith. He understood that he had to speak it. He had to release his faith through words. Number two, God believed Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He believed that what he said would come to pass. Number three, Satan was not involved. These are three reasons why it happened instantly when God said it. There were no hindrances to his faith. If it were just God and us, if there was no curse in the earth, it would be instant when we say it. It'd be the same with us as God. If, if, if it was just us and God, there was no curse in the earth, Satan wasn't involved, it would happen instantly with us. But because there is a spiritual outlaw here in the, in the earth, although he's been totally, completely defeated, we have to take the word of God and we have to enforce his defeat on him. So uh, this is why sometimes it, it takes a while for the things we say to come to pass because there, there are enemies to faith and there are hindrances to faith. Now the physical world is already flowing in that negative direction under the law of sin and death and Satan is the Lord over that domain. There are hindrances to our faith and we have to deal with the spiritual outlaw Satan. And that's why it usually takes time for what we say in faith to come to pass. Paul said, fight 
the good fight of faith. The good fight is a fight we win. We have to stay with it and we have to be determined. Sometimes Christians don't want to fight the good fight of faith. It's a lot easier to turn on the TV and say, well, if it's God's will, it will happen. And I'm just leaving it all up to God. That's a whole lot easier than fighting the good fight of faith, isn't it? Hallelujah. It's a lot easier than getting your Bible out, resisting the devil, and fighting the fight of faith. But the more you get the Word of God in your heart and your mouth, and you believe what you say is coming to pass, these things begin to come to pass more quickly. Amen? You might say, you might say, why do I have to speak the Word? Why do I have to say the Word? Why can't I just read it and it come to pass? Well, I will answer that with another question. Why couldn't God just wish it was light? Why couldn't he just wish the darkness would leave? You know, he could have said, boy, it sure is dark out here. I, I, wish, it, I wish it was light. I don't like this darkness. I sure wish I, sure wish I had some light. I believe one day we'll have some light. That wouldn't have done it, would it? I wouldn't have gotten any light. No, faith has to be applied to the circumstances. And if you don't say it, the circumstances don't hear it. If God hadn't said light be, the darkness wouldn't have heard it. The, the light wouldn't have heard it to come. The light couldn't have come forth if God had not said it. And your circumstances cannot change if you don't speak God's word. If you want healing to come, you got to say it. You got to call for it before you see it. Amen. You can't just say, I'm leaving it up to God. You can't just say, I wish I wasn't ill. You got to release your faith in God's word. So if, when you say it, the circumstances hear it. That when you say it, that unseen, eternal word goes out into the spiritual realm and it affects the physical realm, causing it to change and come in line with the word of God. If God had to say it, we've got to say it. Amen? If God had to speak what he desired, we have to speak what we desire. Saying it is part of the faith principle. You have to put the law of faith into motion by saying it. Amen? I think we're going to stop there today, and we're going to continue next time. Amen?